you mean it. This is God's word. Not Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you for your word. Because it is a lamp unto our feet. It is a light unto our path. Your word is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Your word, Father, heaven and earth will pass away, but your word remains forever. And so I pray by the Spirit of God, as the word of God is ministered, that, Father, it will go down deep in our hearts, it will renew our minds, and it will transform our lives. And I declare over those who are here that are single, that, Father, they will know without a doubt that what they hear today will prepare them to be better people, better uh, individuals, better Christians, even better future spouses. And I thank you for the Holy Spirit using me like never before. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Let everybody say amen. Amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Last week started our Survivor Series, which we do every year in September. And this is when we use our Sunday morning services. And we split our services where our 9 o'clock services are for our married people. And our 11 o'clock services are for our non-married individual. And I'm using that word non-married because sometimes uh, couples who are married, when they're going through challenging times and they may be separated tend to want to sit in a service like this but everybody say it's for non-married now if you're here and you're married and you didn't know about the change that's fine next week you can come to the nine o'clock service but uh this allows me to minister to each group in in a unique way and it's like providing counseling to each person individually in a group setting So we're going to be doing it for the whole month of September. And our series is entitled Uncensored. And that name is there because there are going to be things that I say. And I may say them without a filter. In other words, uh, I'm not going to beat around the bush. I'm just going to say it. So uh, I want to encourage you to come to church every Sunday. And and, uh, last week, our message title was Me, Myself, and God. Everybody say, Me, Myself, and God. It was a message centered around the need for positive self-esteem. And if you haven't heard it, I strongly encourage you to go to our website and listen to it. Now, today's topic, if you got the email during the week, it's called, How Do I Find the Right One? Boy, y'all are ready to listen, aren't you? How do I find the right one? And the purpose of today's message is to put you on track to finding God's mate For your life if you desire to get married. And let me ask the question. How many of you desire to get married one day? Let me see your hand. Okay, that's the majority of you uh, suffering people. Uh, Now, this week, I want to start my lesson out by giving you 10 top people you should never date. 10 top people you should never date. Here's number one. 
Never date a person who is separated from their spouse but are still legally married. I'm just going to let that one settle. Number two, never date a fixer-upper. They will never come out like you want them. Number three, never date a person who has great Christian talk but a raggedy Christian walk. Number four, never date a person. Now, this one, I'm going to qualify this one. Never date a person who just had a baby, male or female. They need some time to adjust their lives to this big change. Okay, he doesn't know how much is going to affect his child support. Oh, he rolling now. Now, I know some of you all who, who, who are deep thinkers are saying, well, Joseph was dating Mary and she had a baby. Well, her baby was born of the Holy Spirit. When your baby is born of the Holy Spirit, then you can date somebody who have a baby by the Holy Spirit. But ain't nobody having no baby by the Holy Spirit. Here's number five. Never date a person, especially a man, who's not kept a consistent job for at least two years. If they can't be consistent working, they will not be consistent with you. Number six, never date a person who you have not thoroughly checked out to see if they are who they say they are. I mean, the Internet is there for a reason. Number seven, never date a person who is not even saved. I won't even expound on that one. Never date a bounce back person. This is someone who has just gotten out of a previous relationship and it's not even been three months. When you meet someone, if you do enough research, find out when was their last relationship, whether it was serious or not. And three months, you say, well, Pastor, three months? Why three months? Three months represent a season. And they need a time and a season to get that other relationship out of their system. Amen. Here's the next one. Never date a person who is unemployed at the time you meet them. Give them a rain check. Never date a person who has not been to church consistently in the last three months. You see, some of y'all right there won't qualify. Here's the last one. Never date someone you have had sex with. Oh, 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 oh. here comes the unfilteredness. I'm warning you in advance. See, once you have... (laughs) Once you have enjoyed each other's presence, it is difficult to date them and keep a spiritual mindset. Because all you remember is September. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to find Proverbs chapter 18. We're going to look in verse 22. And then Genesis chapter 2 verse 20. I'll say those again. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 22. And Genesis chapter 2 verses 20. Now we're starting out with a famous verse that most people know about. But we're going to dive into it in a different way. Because before the end of the day, I'm going to show you how to find the right person for your life. Because see, I've learned I found the right person for my life. Proverbs 18, 22 says, whoso finds a wife 
finds a good thing and obtains favor of the Lord. Whoso finds a wife finds a good thing. Everybody say a good thing. And then it says that person obtains favor of the Lord. Now, when you look up that word find, if you're taking notes, it means to attain, to find, to acquire, or to meet. So he's saying whoso acquires or finds or meets a wife finds a good thing. Now, the word wife there means a woman or female. So it's saying whoso finds a female finds a good thing. Which means now that two female relationships are not God's model. Now, I know our society, especially in movies now, you see women kissing women. Well, that's not what God's talking about here. I just want to be very clear about that. Now, look in Genesis chapter 2, look in verse 20. It says, Adam gave names to all the cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, who was a man... There was not found a help me for him. The word help me, when you look it up, the word help means aid or help. In other words, if you're not ready to be of help, you're not ready to get married. I'm going to say that again. If you're not ready to be a help, if you're not ready to be an aid, if you're not ready to be a helper, then you're not ready to get married because the purpose of mates is help. Now the word meet, it says there, when it says help meet, it means, watch this, part opposite or counterpart. Now Genesis chapter 2 verse 22, it says, And the rib which the Lord had taken from the man, he made a woman. Now I love what Pastor Ramsey said a couple of years ago. He said, when God took the woman out of the man, he took all feminine out of that man and put it in that woman. Amen. Notice he said that God made a woman and brought her to the man. Here's the key. The word made there means built. Everybody say built. And I love Psalm 127 because it uses the same word built or make. It says, except the Lord builds the house or makes the house. They that labor in vain that build it. In other words, listen, unless the Lord builds you, then your life is in vain. God is trying to build you so he can make you into the person you need to be. To be the right person who you meet. So watch this. I'm going to give you the answer to how do I find the right one right up front. So you all are not wandering through my message saying, am I the right one? Am I the right one? Is he the right one? Is she the right one? Here's the answer. The right one, when you find the right one, is when you become the right one. I'm going to say that again. You will find the right one. When you become the right one, say this with me. When you find the right one, well, let's say it again. You will find the right one when you become the right one. Now, many of you are looking for the right person on the outside when you should start on the inside. And I'm going to show you because notice here that God made the woman. He made the man. He built them. And watch this. Who did God bring to Adam? 
He brought who he had made or he brought who he had built, which says that when God has built me the way he wants to build me, then he will bring me to the person he has made for me. And many of you, and I'm going to show you how to get built this morning, because I know some of you all think you're ready. Now, look in verse 23 in Genesis. It says, and Adam said, this is now bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of the man. So watch this now. When the man, when the woman was taken out of the man, that means all feminine out of that man was taken out. Well, when the, now when God took the man and he made a, a woman, then all that man and that woman was gone too. You say, well, Pastor, what are you saying? It is not God's model for women to act like men. Hello? I mean, you can still wear a skirt sometimes. Uh-oh. Let me keep going. Now, most guys will find it hard to keep the right one if they find her until they're ready to leave mom and daddy. Because he goes on to say, therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and cleave unto his wife and they will become one flesh. See, you can't stay a mama's, it's okay to be a mama's boy, but you can't stay a mama's boy and get married. Because your wife will have to compete with your mama her whole marriage. And let me say this with, you don't need your wife competing with mama. So listen. It is not until we have allowed God to build us that we are ready to marry. So how do we allow God to build us? Watch this. Here it is. As a single person, you must get on God's potter's wheel and stay on it until he has made you into someone different than who you are. I'm going to say that again. You must get on God's potter's wheel, stay on his potter's wheel until he has made you into someone different than who you are. Because I'm going to show you some of you who think you're ready, you're the same person in that last relationship that you had four years ago where you slashed all of his tires. That's still you. You say, Pastor, I ain't slashed nobody's tires lately, but he ain't made you mad enough yet. Now, I love Isaiah 64, verse 8. This is what it says. But now, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay and you are the potter. Watch this. And we are all the works of your hand. In other words, God is the potter. Now, go to Jeremiah 18. Find Jeremiah 18 because we're going to stay here because I'm going to show you and give you some steps to being built by God because I know what I'm talking about. See, when I, and I'll show you through some principles, that you can only discover the right person for you when you submit to God's will for your life. Amen. Now, in Jeremiah 18, it says, The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise, go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause you to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. And the vessel that he made of clay, watch this, was marred in the hands of the potter. So then he made it again. Everybody say again. 
he made it again, read it with me, another vessel. As it seemed good to the potter to make it. Then the word of the Lord came to me and said, Oh, house of it, oh, word of truth, family church. Cannot I, cannot I do with you as this potter, says the Lord? Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, word of truth, family church. So I'm going to give you some steps to being built. Then I'm going to jump into some hindrances that most people experience from being built. So here's step number one, and I'm not going to take long with them. Step number one to being built by God is the starting place of being built is God's house. If you notice, what did he tell him to go? He says, I want you to go down to the potter's house. In other words, the first step to being built by God is the house of God. And this is why church attendance is more important than you think. Church attendance is, is bigger than just praise and worship. It's bigger than that. You know what? It's, it's because the word there is what's gonna, God's gonna use to build you, which is number two. Step two in being built is that the primary tool of being built is God's word. And that's why you wanna be around it. Listen, when I was single, I had a very small social life. I wasn't worried about reading, meeting the right person. I just made sure I was with the right person. See, God is the right person. He's not going to let me miss the right person for my life if I'm with him. He loves me too much for that. So you know what I did? I invested my time and my life into doing what he called me to do. And guess what? Whoso finds a wife. He says, Evan, I want you to quit your job. I know you've been to school for four years. I know you have a degree in business administration. And I know you love business. But I want you to quit your job. And I want you to go to school in Jamaica. Are you kidding me? But I knew that one of the steps to being built by God was obeying God. And But watch this. And I didn't obey him because I thought, well, maybe I'm going to find a wife in Jamaica. No, 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 no. I went to Jamaica because that's where he wanted me to go. And guess what? Because I obeyed him, he rewarded me. Amen. Amen. Step number three. The position of being built is the potter's wheel. I said the starting place of being built is God's house. The primary tool of being built is God's word. And the position of being built is the potter's wheel. Everybody say the potter's wheel. And then finally, step number four to being built by God is the end result of being built is a new you. Now, Ecclesiastes 3.11, just write it down. It says this, and he made, everybody say made. He made everything beautiful, watch this, in his time. In other words, who are you to dictate when you are finished or being made by the potter? Who are you to dictate that? And see, that's why some of you all are mad right now because you put your list, your, your goals down. And, uh, you know, five years ago, you had a goal to be married in 2016 and you haven't even met, met the man yet. Well, don't get mad at God just because he didn't look at your goals. Oh, no, no. See, God already knows in 2016, uh, maybe what he's got planned for your professional life is too important to be stagnated with meeting somebody right now. Maybe you're the next Bill Gates or the next Billy Gates. And he's trying to get a multi-millions in your hand before you get cluttered up in a relationship. See, it, most people are so short-sighted that they don't trust God with the future. So watch this now. 
Let me now give you a thought. Everybody say a thought. In fact, just write down, if you're taking notes, hindrances to being built. These are things that single people do, but it slows them down from being built by God. They don't either, y'all don't even know you're doing it, but you're doing it. And it's slowly slowing you down from being built by God. Here's the first one, inconsistent church attendance. Most people think church attendance is for the church, but church attendance is for your builtness. Now, I know that's not a word, but I made it up. Here's number two. These are hindrances to being built. Number two, if you do come to church, you have wrong motives when you come. See, I know what I'm talking about because when I was single way before I met my wife, I would go to church and I wouldn't even save. I would go to church to see if I could meet somebody. Now, not church is not a bad place to meet somebody. But first person you want to meet is Jesus. All right. Number three, when you come to God's house and your heart is not open to the word. See, when you come, you have to have an open heart because, watch this, our hearts are not open when we feel we can, you know, I spelled it wrong on my thing, but, you know, a la carte, you know, when you go to a restaurant, they, you can pick, you know, seafood here and steak here and a la carte. See, when you come to church with an a la carte heart, then that means you pick and choose. Oh, well, okay, well, okay, I, I'll pay my tithe, but I, I'm not going to stop fornicating. Touch your neighbor and say, have you fornicated lately? (laughs) Woo! Here's number four. These are hindrances to being built. When you refuse to do what you're hearing. Now here's a take-home thought that I want you to write down. Transformation comes from doing, not from just hearing. James 1.22 says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only. Watch this. Deceiving your own selves. When you hear something and you don't do it, you slowly slip into deception. And so you're wondering why it's taking that man so long to come into your life. I'm talking to somebody right now. Because you, because I hear you. Well, Pastor Evan, I've been celibate for 18 years. Well, thank God. I ain't, I ain't met my man lately. I mean, I've been living right, at least in that area, you know. Well, my question is, are you alicarding? Because you might be doing right in that area, but are you doing the word? You've deceived yourself to the point that you think you deserve a mate just because you haven't had sex in 18 years. That doesn't mean you deserve a mate because you can be that woman who, woo-wee, you can be that woman who... Having all that cane. Y'all know what cane is, right? Raising cane. Here's the next one. (laughs) I'm not elaborating. Y'all know what raising cane is. Y'all trying to get me in trouble. That's what you're trying to do. Here's the next hindrance to being built. Carnal distractions. Such as unseasonal boyfriends or girlfriends, unnecessary dating, and non-spiritual busyness. See, that's a lot of you all's problems in this room. Carnal distractions, unseasonal girlfriends and boyfriends. And you know, you, you, all you got to do is look back. Why is it that, you know, you've dated and 
been in, you know, seven relationships and none of them panned out. That means you're not picking right. I mean, y'all know my story. I, I, I was outside washing my car. This is when I was single. I was in America. I hadn't even met my wife. But I was outside washing my little 280ZX, you know. And uh, I mean, I, I wasn't dating nobody, hadn't dated nobody. In fact, I think I was around 20, I don't know, six. And so I'm just outside washing my car. And a car rolled down the street. And there was two girls in the car. And they, you know, I looked up and they, hey, how you doing? I was like, hey, how you doing? And they went on. And the Lord said, that's a distraction. I said, how is that a distraction? I didn't stop them and ask them for their phone number or nothing. How is that a distraction? Well, they circled back around the block and came back. And they stopped this time. Hey, how you doing? We live right up the street here. Da, la, 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 la. And he said, distraction. They left. He said, distraction. I said, how is that a distraction? I didn't get their phone number or nothing. The next day, I got a phone call. I was living with a, a lady who was like my grandmother. See, back in the day. Everybody say back in the day. See, some of you, I won't even relate to this. We used to have phone books. And the phone book had everybody's last name. And then their address and phone number. Well, this young lady had, she knew where I lived. So she just looked up Miss Johnson's name and phone number and she called the house. And I was like, what? wow. The Lord said, distraction. Now, uh, after going out a couple of times with that distraction. Because <laughs> the distraction looked good though. See, distractions ain't ugly all the time now. And distractions might meet some of your criteria, but not all of it. And if you want a distraction more than you want the will of God, then you will look over the other stuff they don't have and in your mind be like, oh, I think he the one. He ain't the one. You said all your life, Lord, I want a man taller than me. And you only like four two. This brother is four feet. (laughs) everybody say carnal distractions here's the next one now this was good right here non-participation in God's house and the things of God now go over to Ephesians chapter 4 I have to harp on this one because I don't think some of you all really realize the importance of participating in the house of God now watch this now In Ephesians chapter 4, look at verse 11. It says that he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. That's me. In other words, God has given me to you. Watch this. For the perfecting of the saints. Why? So the saints can do the work of ministry. And here is the problem with most singles and most people in general. They really think that working in the church is for the church. That's why you should never see working in the church as volunteering. Because when you see it as volunteer work, then it's an option of whether you do it or not. But based on what we just read, when you view it as work, that makes it what's this necessary for you to be perfected. And remember, the goal is to be built by God, to be perfected by God. So if you're not involved in God's work, he's not perfecting you. And if he's not perfecting you, he's not building you, which says that, look, I bet if I said the only reason you don't have your mate in your life today is if you're not volunteering, all y'all be volunteering. I mean, think about it. If I said to you, uh, 
Joyce, if you would just get involved in your church and in the work of ministry, you will find Harry for real pastor. Is that the only thing I need to do? How many know Joyce would be doing that, wouldn't she? Okay, so now it shows where your real heart, your heart really is. In other words, you want a man so bad or a woman so bad, you say, well, I'll do whatever. But you should do whatever anyway. And notice he said that we are perfected so that we can do the work of God. Amen. And I love Luke 2.49. That's when Jesus said, I must be about my father's business. Because here's the thing. When you get married, your spouse should complement what God's called you to do, not compete with it. And that's why a lot of married people who just left, half of them, some of them still have spouses that stay at home because they married the wrong person. Now they got to tolerate them the rest of their life. You want to go to church? He don't want to go to church. Well, if you're fighting with, oh, ooh, I just felt, y'all didn't feel that? See, I'm talking to somebody right now. You having a hard time getting your boyfriend to come to church. Not just our church. I'm talking about this church. Wrong one, baby. Oh, no, I just helped somebody. You've been praying, Lord, is he the right one? Is he the right one? Please tell me, God, use Pastor Evan or somebody today, God. I'm telling you right now. He ain't the right one. Amen. Here's the next one. And then we're going to get into how to be built. Keeping a carnal mind and entertaining fleshly desires. See, here's the thing. Until you make up your mind that sex is off the list. When you make up your mind that sex is off the table until you're married, then you will always be recovering from being smashed. Oh, did y'all, y'all get that? Okay. <laughs> now, okay, I'm going to say it again. I said it was uncensored now. I'm going to say it again for the sake of those who are trying to figure out what's happening. Until you make up your mind as a single person that sex is off the table until you are married, then you will always be recovering from being smashed. Aren't you tired of being smashed? Aren't you tired of smashing? Here's the last one. Things that keep singles from being built. Entertaining and being involved with those who are not Christians or who are Christians but are unequally yoked. So many single people spend time with folks just because they say they are Christians but they're unequally yoked. Amen. So how do you become the right person so you can attract the right person? Here's number one. It's real easy. Surrender to God in his process. You're going to have to surrender to God. You're going to have to say, God, 
I'm scared to give you my life and trust you with it, but I know you have what's best for me and mine. I surrender. Because until you surrender, you have not given him all of your heart. And that's why the Bible says trust in the Lord with all. Because that means you can trust him with some. There are a lot of you in this room, you've trusted God with some of your heart, but you haven't fully surrendered. So number one, how do you get built so you can become the right person and attract the right person? Number one is surrender. Here's number two. Obey what you know to do. Obey what you know to do. You must now begin to view obedience to God as necessary and not an option. Obey what you know to do, and now you must begin to view obedience to God as necessary and not an option. Here's number three. Oh, this one's right here. This is, I know, uh, 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 you may not see how it fit in, but it does. Here's number three. Break the curse and trust God with the giving of his tithe and offering. He said, well, pastor, what does that have to do with this? Watch this. Did you know? That it was after Jacob trusted God with the tithe that he met his wife. Go to Genesis 28. It's up here on the screen. You don't even have to go. Watch this now. I'm going to read Genesis 28, 20. And I'm going to close with this. Because see, if I said to some of you all, the only thing that's keeping you back from meeting your spouse is for you to start giving to God what rightfully belongs to him. See, some of y'all will start tithing. But I'm going to show you that Jacob, once Jacob vowed a vow in his heart and said, God... Okay, I'll give you what belongs to you. Then God gave him what belonged to him. Watch this now. Look in verse verse, uh, 20. And Jacob vowed a what? He vowed a vow saying, If God will be with me and keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God. And this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house. Say God's house. And of all, say all, and of all that you shall give me, I will surely give a, what? A tenth to you. Then Jacob, see most people stop there. Then Jacob went on his journey and came to the land of the people of the east. And he looked and behold a well in the field. And lo, there were three flocks of sheep lying by it. For out of that well, they watered the flocks and a great stone was on the well's mouth. Verse 3. And there were all the flocks gathered and they rolled the stone upon the well's mouth. And they watered the sheep and put the stone again on the well's mouth in its place. Verse 4. And Jacob said, to them, my brother, whence you be? And they said, we're from Haran, are we? And he said unto them, know you that Laban is uh, the son of Nahor? And they said, oh, we know him. And he said unto them, is he well? And they said, he is well. And behold, everybody say behold. And behold, Rachel, his daughter, came with the sheep. Here it is, minding his own business. He made a vow to God. And Rachel, which, by the way, if you didn't know, he married her. His wife shows up. I wonder what your tithe is keeping from your life. You say, well, Pastor, you always talking about tithing. You know what? No, I ain't. God is always talking about it. And he'll stop talking about it when you do it. You know, God only says stuff that we ain't got yet. And I believe it with all my heart. All my soul, 
these things that I gave you is what I was doing when I met Pastor Sar. I'll never forget when I got to Bible school, I prayed a prayer. I said, Lord, this is before I ever met her. I said, Lord, whatever is in my life that is going to keep me from being a great man of God and a great husband, get it out. And that's a prayer that some of you all need to pray today. And listen, don't be shocked with some of these friends that you shouldn't have anyway start dropping like flies. Don't go back and get them. Oh yeah, when Janet calls you and dumps you, don't get mad at Janet. Because that was God dumping Janet for you. Because it's not until you say, God, I want to be the best person that I can be. Because the secret is this. The better you are single will be the better you are married. And I know with all of my heart, marriage is a good thing. And so many people waste the majority of their single life. Watch this. Making temporary choices to get into a permanent relationship. And God is waiting on you to give him all of who you are. I know it's scary. I did it. And I'm happy. See, I could not have made the arrangements that got my wife and I together. I could not have made those arrangements. See, oh, this is so good. Thank you, thank you, Holy Spirit. God don't need Instagram and online dating. He don't need that. I'm not saying he can't use it. He don't, he don't need that to get the person to you. Oh, they didn't have all that when I was coming up. But I'm with the right one, baby. So why have you, why have you put God in a box and say, well, if, if, I, if I'm not online dating, uh, I'm not going to find them. Let me tell you something. God is looking high and he's looking low. He knows everybody he needs to know to meet you. The question is, do you trust him? Because see, some of you, ooh, man, some of you all need to fast online dating. It's a distraction. Just soon as you get in the car, because see, some of y'all getting, when you get in the car, go look, you're going to see some of the profiles coming up. Oh, he's a match, he's a match, he's a match, he's a match. Swipe him to the left and to the right. You need to cut it off. You need to fast. Because, watch this, you're trusting that. You're trusting e-harmony. I know he's a Christian, but you're trusting e-harmony more than Jesus-ology. See, some of you all, if you got married right now, your spouse would become your God. God wants this first. Because let me tell you, when, 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 when he's made you and has built you into who he wants you to be, you will be a perfect match 
for the person he brings across your path. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, what do you need to surrender today? Now, as I was preparing for this message, this is prophetic. I just want you to know this. There are some of you who have been consecrated yourself to the Lord for a long time. You wait and you said, God, where is he? Where is she? I've been, I've been holding myself down. I've been, I've been, I've been obeying you. I'm serving your house. And he asked me to ask you others, are you the same person you were five years ago? If your ex met you now, would they see a change? Because if they don't see a change, you have not allowed God to rebuild you into another person. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody had a breakup this week. I don't know who you are. You and your boyfriend or you and your girlfriend just split up. The Lord's telling me to tell you it was the Lord doing that. And I know I'm talking to some, I'm not even talking to just one person. I'm talking to, you know, at least a couple of people who've experienced a breakup this week. And it was tough for you, but I'm telling you today, every head is still bowed. If I'm talking to you, just raise your hand. I ain't going to stick you out. If, I'm, if you had a breakup this week, there's one hand over there. Who else? There's one hand right there. Who else? Anybody else? There's a hand right there. Yes, okay. Oh, no. More than I thought. Put your hand down. He said, it was me. He said, let it go. He says, I got something better. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Uh, I'm not sure who this is. This is interesting. Uh... Somebody from your past is going to come across your path. It's somebody that you've known before. It's, it's going it, they're going to pop up, and the Lord's saying, "Don't, don't just dismiss it. Don't just dismiss it. It's, he's saying, just be open to it." Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. There's somebody in the room worried about, you know, the Bible says that uh, when a person divorces and if they didn't divorce because the person is dead or it wasn't adultery, that uh, they can never marry again. And you're worried about that. And so you're really not sure if you can get married again. And the Lord is telling me to tell you, you can Hallelujah. You can. Every sin is under the blood. Not just some. He's saying release it today and know that if it's in your heart to remarry, it's in my heart. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Who was I talking to? Raise your hand right there. If if that was your concern, should... Wow, see hands, hands, hands. Thank you, thank you. You can put your hand down. 
Just be still for a minute. Thank you, Lord. Now, I'm not going to ask for hands on this one. But there's some of you in this room that have struggled with your identity to the point that you were going to try the other side. In other words, if you're a woman, you're going to go over to the woman's side. And if you're a guy, you go over to the guy's side. And, and uh, that's not God's will for your life. The thoughts that you've been having and the feelings that you have been having are not yours. The Bible calls the devil the, the, the prince of the air. He can, Just like God can put thoughts into your heart, the devil can put thoughts as well. And, and thoughts pr- can produce feelings if we dwell on them too much. And you think this time, see, you've been thinking, man, these are my thoughts. I'm telling you, they're not your thoughts. They're not yours. They came from the enemy. And God is saying today, put that down and don't pick it up again. Father, I thank you for those who are in this room that every word that has been spoken has been applied to. And I pray by the Spirit of God that they have heard the word, they have received the word, and the word has been implanted into their hearts to transform their lives. Father, I pray today that the word that has been spoken over these singles, that, Father, they will surrender to you. They will do what they know to do. And, Father, those who know to do right, I thank you. They're going to start obeying you like never before. In Jesus' name. Every head still bowed. Here's my question. If you're here today and you die, you're not 100% sure you go to heaven, I want to pray for you.